0: today is a very special day it's going to be a fun day today so you know that this month is all missions month and we had pastor kukul from mexico last week we had deeper still and horizon pregnancy center giving us a local just a whole nother missionary field and then today we've got a whole nother missionary field we've got a very special guest um mark do we have that video ready up there because what I want to do is I want you all to see this video, and then I'm going to bring this special guest up. So go ahead and hit that video.
1: The CDC finds a growing number of U.S. children being diagnosed with autism. The rising numbers
2: are more likely because of better diagnosis rather than a growing health problem. Circle of Health reporter Denise Dador looking at why early screening is crucial.
3: At age 6, 27-year-old Matthew Kenslow was diagnosed as having autism spectrum disorder. At that time, the rate was about 1 in 150 children.
2: I was wondering why I seemed a bit different than my classmates.
3: Since then, the rate has climbed steadily. A new CDC report finds the estimated autism rate went from 1 in 44 in 2018 to 1 in 36 in 2020.
2: We thought that the, the rates couldn't go up any further.
3: Dr. Douglas Vanderbilt, head of developmental behavioral pediatrics at CHLA, says the rising rate doesn't mean more kids are developing autism spectrum disorder. But awareness is increasing documentation of this developmental condition, especially in communities that historically lacked access to care.
2: Children of color Uh, those that were black, uh, Hispanic, or of Asian Pacific Islander, actually uh, showed increased rates above that of the white counterparts.
3: From 2018 to 2020, autism diagnosis increased roughly 15% in eight-year-old white children compared to more than 30% in black, Hispanic, and Asian children. Many are diagnosed at age three, but Dr. Vanderbilt says it needs to happen sooner. Early identification and early interventions can be very helpful at optimizing a child's ability to interact and to learn. The CDC study revealed high awareness in California, which had the highest rate of identifying children. Dr. Vanderbilt says, if you're concerned your child has an autism spectrum disorder, don't delay.
2: Talk with your pediatrician. um, And that pediatrician can do uh, some autism screening to see if a more complete autism assessment may be helpful. Before I was diagnosed, I took the preschool intervention program, and I believe that helped.
3: Matthew shares his journey with autism on social media and believes his message is more relevant than ever.
2: Autism awareness and acceptance should be highly promoted.
3: He's a sixth-grade teacher and author who wrote a book to inspire others on the spectrum.
2: don't really view it as disabilities, but rather a different ability to live life.
3: Denise Todor, ABC7 Eyewitness News. A new report
2: from the CDC finds a growing number of U.S. children.
0: Yeah. So how many of you recognize that young man up there? (laughs) Matthew, come on up here, buddy. Come here. (laughs) Matthew Kinslow, this is him. You guys know him as the piano guy on the mornings with us. We're so grateful he's here. Um, A couple questions real quick, brother. Yeah, turn yourself on over there. All right, good. So, when did the desire or the calling come to you? What age were you when you knew you had to start helping people?
2: Probably twenty, twenty-one. My mic. That's okay. There you go. Thanks. Okay. (laughs) Probably twenty or twenty-one. Okay. So, and the
0: the whole thing was that you're about to see something that will blow you away but but the whole point is Matthew's desire to help the the other children has been phenomenal he has a lot of videos and a lot of things on YouTube you can just punch him up on YouTube and you can see all the things he even videoed some of the times when he was being bullied to help make his point and you're going to see some of these kids on the street the way that they treated him just because he looks different to them so we're going to talk a little bit about that a little bit more later but then the other question that I wanted to ask is Where do you see, where do you see right now that you need to, who do you need to reach the most right now? Are you thinking schools, churches, what?
2: Uh, Both, schools and churches.
0: Of course, because you can't do anything, just one simple. Right. Yeah, that's correct. I'm a
2: math guy. (laughs) So
0: Matthew's also a math teacher, and so if he starts speaking in a language that you don't understand, it's because it has something to do with math. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it, but he does it to me all the time on purpose. But the main thing is that when he does go to teach, kids that are in this, the schools, from what I hear from the principals and stuff that know Matthew, they say kids are asking for him to come back because they love when Mr. Kinslow teaches. So he's got a special gift. I'm going to fix his mic a little bit, and then we're going to let Matthew share with, with us.
2: Okay. Technical difficulties yeah. Try that. Awesome. Testing? Ax squared plus bx no equals c. Better, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> okay. That's what the. I mean?
0: <laughs> he does that to me just on purpose. Now talk.
2: Quadratic formulas. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, this thing is really having issues. We are going to have to get this thing fixed. Now try.
2: Testing? Yes. Okay. okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> I kind of, okay, well, maybe if I keep on use
0: this thing. Oh, you can't.
2: Right, I need both hands. (laughs) I need three hands.
0: I'm really sorry for this interruption. We should have tested this much earlier than now.
2: Oh, not the first time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, now try it. Testing. Okay, there we go. Okay.
2: Are you sure this is good? All right. Okay, good morning, everyone. Um, And thank you to the Pastors at Lighthouse community for uh, inviting me here today to let me share my testimony and what I believe God has called me to do, my mission in life through autism. But if there's one thing that I want to get off my chest real quick, um, that news clip when Denise Dorr said that I was a sixth grade teacher. Well, I was subbing that morning, sixth grade at Kellybrook Elementary School. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, I get a text from Denise saying that she wants me on that day. And I'm like, why well, I'm subbing here, but long story short, I come home, I rush home, and we do that interview, and uh, the rest is history. But um, speaking about teaching real quick, I believe as a career, that's one thing that God has called me to do. Um, here in the next couple of years, I'm hoping to teach middle school math, uh, maybe science later on, um, hopefully ensign intermediate down the street, because I went there for two years and... Um, I did my student teaching there for 600 hours in enhanced mathematics last year. I got a full math teaching credential on January 6th. And this is my third academic year subbing. So I became a substitute teacher in the meantime while I was student teaching. And it has basically worked miracles in my life uh, personally, especially what you're going to hear in a couple of minutes about uh, the social aspects of autism and everything. Um, but I love what I do. As Pastor Bill have been, has said, um, I am, ha- or have been referred to as by students as the best sub, literally. And um, people, uh, students and teachers have asked me to come back. They uh, say that they know I'm in high demand, but try to come whenever you can. Last Monday, I was subbing at Kelly Brook and a fourth grade teacher came up to me to ask for my Information because she's heard a lot of things about me and she wants me to sub for her sometime. And then after uh, school that day, I ran into that sixth grade teacher and asked me to sub the next day, but I already had plans. And then a couple of, I already was subbing somewhere. And then a couple of days later, last Thursday, I get an email from a third grade teacher at Adams Elementary thanking me for accepting the sub position for next month. Uh, because when I subbed for her, Last like March, she told me that all the students kept on asking her to have me back so i 'm very appreciative of this i 'm very grateful and that is my joy. So what I do isn 't necessarily like for myself or anything. I love to pay it forward and to put the step forward and to uh, help encourage a lot of people the best i can and so. My testimony starts over 20 years ago. Over 20 years ago, circa 2001, I received a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder, which is a developmental disability, or as I prefer to call it, a different ability to live life. I view um, autism as having an enhancer plugged into the brain that enhances our perceptions of things in life. I'll explain what I mean by that. Uh, Within the past 20 years, I have observed and come to terms with the pros on one hand and the cons on the other hand. So the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, and some of the negative parts of having autism include it's hard for us to concentrate. Reading test taking homework have all been a struggle for me. It took me about five or 10 times longer for me to complete these tasks. And yes, I wanted to get every single question right. And I wanted to get every single thing understood, which didn't always happen. But at the same time, music, television shows, uh, movies kept blasting in my head, distracting me. Um, What happened like 10 or 20 years ago, I could think about what's going to happen next week. I think about just to get prepared. And yes, biblically speaking, I know we're not guaranteed tomorrow. But if the Lord wills, I will be here tomorrow and next week and next month. So I just like thinking ahead and such. But... Uh, And trying to fall asleep within one or two hours after going to bed at night is also out of the question almost every night in my life, because I could go to bed, but it takes a while for my mind to stop talking and such. Um, So that's the concentration uh, aspect. Another thing is, in case you haven't or weren't able to tell, I'm trying desperately hard to enunciate every single syllable that I speak, and that's because when I was about three years old, I received a diagnosis of a speech delay. So I took s- early intervention, the preschool intervention program, and speech therapy all the way up to 12th grade. So if you knew me back when I was in elementary school, you might, have not, not, might not be able to understand every single word that I was saying, uh, but speech therapy helped. I had RSP, Resource Specialist Program, as well. So. Um, and speech, and then at the same time, I was socially shy, and that's a big one for us who have autism, is being socially shy. So by the time I graduated high school, Newport Harbor High School, class of 2013, I made hundreds of friends at school, at church, but it was always hard for me to put my foot forward and ask any of them if I could spend time with them, if I could like hang out with them after school or at lunchtime, or over the weekend. So I was very shy and the social aspect of autism is something that I have many YouTube videos about explaining it, usually when I'm on podcast or a radio station or a news channel. But sometimes, often what we talk about is, in part, is the social aspect. And so I have a brand new card trick analogy. And so here's a big disclaimer. Whenever I'm in class, whenever I'm doing assemblies, especially in a sanctuary. Big disclaimer, what you see is not real magic. I don't do real magic. It's just sleight of hand, illusion, and everything. But here's one of my new ones. Um, As a person with autism, you grow up, or actually anybody in general, you grow up, you enter school, you start to make a few friends, then you make a few more friends. And then by middle school, you make several more friends. By high school, you make a lot of friends. And my point is is that pretty soon you'll have a stack of friends. And friends are good, especially good, supportive friends. But for the person who has autism on the inside, uh, it may be a little bit different. So I'll continue this a little bit later. Um, But we might resort to saying this um, phrase here, the words, I can't. And so in case you don't see in big, bold, red letters, I have the words I can't hear, and sometimes people might resort to say, like, it's just hard. And when I was in school uh, and going to, like, youth group at the Presbyterian Church across the street, uh, it was, I'm able to be in social situations. I'm able to even be at, like, pep rallies at my high school or, or a youth party at the Presbyterian Church, and and I'm able to be in that situation even though there could be sensory overload, but... Regardless, it was hard for me to communicate with my friends, so I would find myself in my latter couple of years, pressed against the wall, and my eyes are s- spinning back and forth. My, head's, my head is spinning one way, my body's spinning the other way, and I'm not sure if anyone's trying to get my attention or if anyone's trying to talk to me, but um, I was just kind of a bit nervous, and at the same time, I saw m- my peers walk in and just enter themselves in a conversation with their friends. I'm like, how do you do that and such? Um, I will be honest. And when I hit like 11th grade, 12th grade, I started to communicate to some of my friends like this is what I feel. And uh, they kind of helped me out. But anyway, that's the uh, the shyness part. But at the same time, I have had my share of teasing, bullying, singled out, discriminated, whatever you want to call it. And I know it's not the happiest thing to talk about, but this started in kindergarten. And when I was in kindergarten, Palerino Elementary, I remember being by the swing set one day, and I remember it as if it was yesterday. One of the classmates was pushing the other classmate on the swing, and all of a sudden, they started to yell at me, and they started to say, go away, Matthew, you're not our friend. And then in that same academic year, another classmate said almost the same thing. She, the classmate said, go away, you're not playing with us. And so I more or less lived with that for the next few years. Um, while I was at Palo Reno, I was doing special day classes for three years. And then I was mainstreamed in third grade at Newport Heights Elementary. And I continued to make more friends but at the same time, it was hard for me to put my foot forward. And and um, some people still continued to, like, pick out things about me and choose to, like, name call and such. There's one person that name called me the same word over and over again. It's a derogatory word for people who have autism. I'm not going to even say the first letter, but... Um, and there was actually one time when a person uh, literally, chucked a handball at my face just to get me to go away, which did get me to go away immediately after. But at the same time, I did have a like the support system. Um, by the time I entered middle school, the amount of teasing and bullying went down, the amounts of friendships went up. But at the same time, it was, it was hard for me to to uh, spend time with any of the friends outside of school um, or during nutrition or lunch. And so, at the same exact time, through all of this, I had a loving family, loving friends, church, I had the Royal Rangers program, and in case you don't know, Royal Rangers is like the Boy Scouts, um, but through the Assemblies of God Church, and I started when I was five, and after 13 years, I earned the Gold Medal of Achievement, which is equivalent to the rank of Eagle Scout, and we do the same thing the Boy Scouts do, the survival stuff, but we also have Bible lessons, and um, a lot of biblical studies, and it's like a mentorship, and so uh, that was September 8th, 2013, some, if I do this quickly, 521 weeks ago today, but, um, and then three days later on the 11th, I, it was my first night as a commander, and I've been a commander for 10 years, going on 11 years, starting Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, and Again, it's kind of like worked wonders for me personally, especially, and and for other people. And I get to teach uh, the past 10 years, boys at the ages that I once was. And just like none of my commanders given up on me, I will never, I will likewise never give up on anybody else as well. So, and it's given me a lot of great experience teaching other people. I guess when I was in first grade, give or take a year, and I would go home from school and I would play school and pretend to like this is how I would teach math or geography or history. I guess I always knew I was destined to be a teacher, I guess. And I became teacher for a day in fourth grade, sixth grade. And so it's just a passion that I always had. So um, you could probably uh, tell that the amount of shyness brought me loneliness, the amount of discrimination or teasing brought me some uh, pain or uh, yeah, just basically pain in life. But again, through it all, I had a support system and I, importantly, I had the word of God. So the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12, I've hidden God's word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Psalm 119.11, God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, Psalm 119.105. So I walk by faith, not by sight every single day, trusting God. And there are still some things that happen to this day that I happen to have recordings of, but there are still people in this neighborhood occasionally that decide to continue to like poke fun of me and such when I'm walking. I have been yelled or yelled at or cussed at by people in their cars who never even seen me before, one person slowly was just following me. And this is something that's, um, I'm sure I'm not misconstruing it because we were making eye contact. And it's like, I don't know why you were yelling at me, but he just, they were just gone just like that. So I have no idea exactly what that uh, was about. Um, The most uh, scary thing that happened, I'll I'll just briefly say last August was uh, being named called outside a convenience store and almost beaten with a skateboard. But if it wasn't for God, because I count it as a miracle, a police officer just happened to be there at that time to stop that guy right before he came to me. So it is something that I'm still, you know, walking through each day. But, you know, I believe that I'm called here to help spread awareness, to help spread acceptance. And I'm not going to give up. So nevertheless, I've never allowed any of these things, any of these trials to make me give up. I've never allowed it to have the prerogative to win. I continue to develop the skills with which to uh, help people, entertain people, and ultimately make a difference in people's lives. So in third grade, I picked up piano. In fifth grade, I picked up juggling, so I became a juggler in fifth grade. And so here's some juggling tricks that I like to do. This one's called the Mills Mess. (laughs) And so, uh, again, f- with, through the past 20 years, I have come to terms and observed the pros of autism on one hand and the cons of autism on the other hand, but together, I believe that autism has given me a different lens with which to be the world, again, a different ability to live life. And so here is my juggling analogy that I tell students that when I go to churches or schools to do assemblies, I say juggling should represent your passion or joy or talents and Yes, I, I know that in a public school, I could still shine the light of Christ. There's some things I'm, I know I can't say, but um, especially for churches, for um, children's ministries, um, I say that talents, Jesus entrusted us with talents to do. But whatever we're passionate to do, whatever gives us joy in life, if anything were to happen, like a mistake, a big mistake, a small mistake, or anywhere in between, like you mess up, which happens to all of us as we grow, and something drops? Well, what do you do now? Like, do you run and hide under the covers? Do you give up? No, I contend that you bend down, pick it up, and keep going. And from there, you could do more amazing things. And so that's my juggling analogy to, yeah, (laughs) and then pick it back up. Okay. Okay, so you just saw three. By any chance, do you want to see four? Yeah. Okay. You saw four. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Then the bright lights. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So about uh, 2021, I came up with a, I call it a be number one analogy, and I encourage people to be number one. And it shouldn't be viewed as like some ordinal number as if everyone's competing for this first place, as if there's first place, second place, third place. Uh, That's not what I mean. I believe that being number one should be viewed as a rank of which anybody can achieve. And here's my definition of being number one. It means that you know what you want to do. You know what you feel, what God is probably calling you toward. You have the passion and you don't give up on those passions or those joys, even in the face of adversity, even in the face of adversity, and that you set standards not based on other people, but you base standards on your own self. It's okay to look at professionals and be influenced by them, but don't try to be them, be yourself. If I was driven by jealousy, I would not be standing here today, that's for sure. The truth is we're all unique and we all have a purpose and a calling from God, we're all unique, and it doesn't matter if you have a disability, God could use you just the way that you are. And so that's kind of my my be number one analogy. And what I said earlier about persevering in the face of adversity, who does the Bible say is our adversary? Right. It says in 1 Peter 5.8, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So what should we do? As Christians, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, Ephesians 1.13. Christ dwells in our hearts, Ephesians uh, 3.17. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world, 1 John 4.4. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you as well, Matthew 6.33. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. He shall flee. James four, seven. And so those are the promises that I live by, that I believe, and it does take faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11, one. Jesus tells Thomas, you believe because you have seen, but blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believe, John 20, 29. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, Hebrews eleven six. For faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. As Habakkuk says in Habakkuk 2.4 and quoted thrice in the New Testament, the just shall live by faith. And so um, that's kind of my uh, B number one analogy and also the belief that we have a purpose, disability or not. Because I believe the Bible says so. I choose to be confident that he which hath begun a good work in me will bring it on to completion until the day Jesus Christ, Philippians 1.6. And that I'm God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus unto good works that he has prepared in advance for me to do that I may walk through them. That I may walk through them. Ephesians 2.10. And I trust that the God who created the universe, he knitted me in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made just the way I am, um, just the way we are. Um, Before we were in the womb, God knew us. And he knows the number of stars in the sky by name. All septillions of stars, or or however, and we're just here on this speck of dust called Earth, and and Jesus, uh, God created it, and He will never leave us nor forsake us, and He has a purpose for me, and He has a purpose for everybody else, and those are the promises on which I stand that I choose to believe, um, and so. Again, disability or not, I believe that anybody can do whatever they set their heart and mind to do. And sometimes it does seem impossible, but with God, all things are possible, as it says in Matthew 19, 26. And I can do all things through Christ, who gives me strength, Philippians 4, 13. And so I now have my science demo analogy. And so here's a water bottle, clear water bottle, transparent, you could see through it. And this water bottle in this analogy is to represent a person. And let's say that the person is born with some disability or, or has acquired a disability, maybe by some accident. Regardless, this disability might impair this individual from being able to advocate for themselves, or even to speak, um, or to understand things like their peers. And because of that, some people might choose to take an attribute and ignore all the rest and make fun of that attribute. But what I want people to understand is that nobody asks to have autism, nobody asks to have Tourette syndrome, nobody asks to be confined to a wheelchair, nobody asks to have a disability, and therefore they shouldn't be discriminated for having such a disability. So over time, I contend that this might happen over time, and people might start to cower shrink, um, feel pressured inside, and on the outside, you know, it looks like that they're good, but, you know, on the inside, they might be twisted and not, hurting inside, and pretty soon, if nothing happens, and they continue to feel lonely, or they continue to feel hurt, or both, this is why content might happen, and there might be a translucent cloud inside there, now it's not really uh, transparent, you can't see through it, and the person might start to Um, panic that other people might see. This might represent an emotional uh, breakdown. And so they'll retwist themselves and it goes away for a while, but it's just going to come back. And what I contend, what I tell students, what I tell people is try to release the cloud that might be condensing inside of you. And I know it's not gonna look exactly like this. It looks like this. You find someone that you could trust and that could be a parent, a pastor, a teacher, principal, admin. You find someone that you could trust and talk things out and then work together. It may not happen overnight, but that's the one of the best steps that you could do. And so that's my uh, science demo analogy right there. Thanks. And so these are called clubs. These are not bowling pins, and yes, they do hurt if they hit you on the shoulder. I found out the hard way when I was 13, but I have developed the skills since then. Okay, so here's some of the positive aspects or characteristics of autism. Can two people call out one number between one and nine? Okay, I, I heard seven, and someone? and Three? Okay. 107 times 103 is... Oh, good one, uh, 11,021, 73, 11,021, okay, can someone give me a number, bet- oh, he's fact-checking me on the calculator, <laughs> <laughs> 11,021 is 107 times 103, okay, uh, can someone give me a number between 41 and 59? 42. Uh, thanks, <laughs> hard one, <laughs> okay, okay 5,042 times 5,042 is 25,100, s- yeah, I'm sorry, um, 25,421,764. Okay, so how about we segue from mathematics to history? Can someone give me a number between 1 and 46? 40. I heard 40. So, our, our 40th president was Ronald Wilson Reagan. He was born February 6, 1911. He died June 5, 2004, which I remember that day, and he served from January 20th, 1981 to January 20th, 1989. So, okay, so uh, these are just like special interests of mine uh, that I have, it's just something that no human has got to memorize, like the elements of the periodic table, which I mastered in 2014 helped me a little bit in chemistry class, but you know, you don't have to memorize that. The countries of the world when I was in 11th grade, but again, you don't have to memorize that, but it was just a special interest to me. And dates, numbers, math, I find patterns in things, and so that really helped a lot um, in memorizing. But I do not have a photographic memory or some eidetic memory or anything like that. Um, So uh, real quick, back to the stack of cards, If you remember, the stack of cards is to represent a stack of friends. So if you guys, if I get this out, thank you. Okay, if I could uh, show you this, or reintroduce to you the stack of cards, this is to represent the friends that you have. Okay, and it doesn't have to be 52 or 54 or anything like that. But again, on the outside, it seems like people might have a stack of friends. For me personally, it seemed like I had a lot of friends, like many people were saying hi to me and it was more like superficial, however. I mean, my friends were great, they were kind, not saying anything wrong about my friends that I did make, but they hardly asked me to spend time with them or to hang out with them or or whatever. Um, But again, on the outside, it seemed like even to me that, you know, I had a lot of friends and, but, Sometimes when you need friends the most and you are reflecting on maybe who to call, you might get answering machines or you might be too nervous or whatever. And then pretty soon you have a stack of friends. And then when you need a person, when you need your peers the most, you might realize that you're just joking. You're just one, you're just with a joker who's kind of trying to tease you. And so you realize that your stack of friends, where did they go? And so um, that's kind of what it might feel like when you get to a moment where, you know, I thought I had a lot of support, a lot of people were saying hi, and they, they honestly meant, meant saying hi, but you know, it was hard for me to put my foot forward and ask them if I could spend time with them. And so for some people, people might s- resort to saying, I can't, which I contend is like a negative mindset to have. And I will show you how fast it takes to go from, from uh, to change this mindset. So some people say, I can't, but what I contend is for people to say, I can. And in green letters, now it says, I can. So again, I see that face. Uh, again, it's not real magic or anything. But you could quickly choose to go from saying, I can, to I can. And it may not happen overnight, but again, it's a good step if you just take that step forward, find someone that you could trust, and work together. And what I tell students is that if you see someone sitting alone, if you see someone being teased or bullied, then I invite you to put an arm around them, take them out of that situation, and be their friend. I'm a proponent of inclusion for all people with disabilities physical or developmental, and it comes by talking with the person, talk to them, find out their interests, what they like, what they um, don't like, and just be a friend to them. Introduce them to your friends and um, also don't overdo it. Just for an example, some people who may have autism or or something might not like going to the movies. Maybe there's sensory overload here. Uh, Just find out what they're comfortable with and then maybe they just like traditional board games or something. Uh, just be their friend, and that's what I contend uh, for that. So, uh, that's kind of it, that's kind of it most of the encouragements that I want to say. I do have a couple of other things that I want to say, but uh, before I have my juggling finale, three different objects, three different shapes, three different weights all at the same time. And the final. Thank you. Whoops! Ah, there we go. And the final finale. <laughs> ah, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> right. Okay. So I want to share something that I feel is very, very important. But right before I do, um, I actually realized it was probably 10 years ago when I realized I wanted to talk about autism. So I was more like 18, actually. And, and then over half, my, um, half a decade ago, about six years, five, six years ago, I went on social media and started to share my story on social media. I got uh, my first book out in 2019. And then um, I got to be elsewhere, like on the news and radio and such this past year, which I'm grateful for. I've actually written a second book that is hopefully coming out in a couple of uh, months. It's called Unstoppable. And it's my journey to become a teacher, my early aspirations as a child um, and uh, student teaching and substitute teaching. So I talk all about that journey from beginning to end. So... um, here is the gospel message and it's something that I take joy in because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe to the Jew first and also to the Greek Romans 1.16. So the gospel is very simple. It's in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 and verses 3 through 4 says uh, that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And where he saved us because we are born into sin. It's part of our, um, our human nature. And that goes back to the fall in Genesis 3, 6. And because of that, as it says in the word, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans three ten. 10. Um, and for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6:23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3:23. As we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us of all sin. If we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. Uh, 1 John 1, 7 through 10. And so it is by grace that we are saved through our faith. We are saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. And it's for whosoever will. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joe 2.32 and Romans 10.13. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16. And so I'm very thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ, that I am redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, um, and that I'm born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible or unperishable seed by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So I choose to draw near to God, and God would draw near to me to, um, to walk in love as Christ loved us. And so um, I am thankful that the cross of Jesus is kind of like the bridge between here and eternity. And as Christians, our citizenship is in heaven. And so once again, I'm very thankful for uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and without it, I, have, I would probably question like, if, about the purpose that I have in life, but because I know I'm called according to his purposes and I have good works, I know that, that as long as God has me here, I shall work for, uh, for him wholeheartedly, and that's what I like to do.
0: Amen. Go ahead. (laughs) Now that, I'm not sure, did we hear the gospel or what, (laughs) you know? So Matt, the last question. Oh, I want everybody to know that back there, Matthew has made, there's about 50 of these back there in the back. They're free to take. So if you want to have a book, and it's, it's a really good book. I bought it online b- when he first told me about it about a year ago, I want to say now, huh? So yeah, don't give me days. I don't want to know. And so (laughs) he loves giving me the numbers and doing that. And yes, I did check his math, and every one of them were correct. So um, the book is back there. Also, he's got some cards. If you have connections with principals, um, other churches, and stuff that you know would love to see what he does, youth groups, things like that, Matthew has some cards for connections back there. They can contact him, and he'll be glad to go share this message. And yes, He does share the gospel everywhere he goes. It's quite amazing to watch, as you have all seen. So we're very grateful for Matt coming to be in with us. Um, The last thing is, um, how far will you go?
2: How far will I go? Um, How far will you go? uh, In person, at least to the county border of Orange County. Okay. And then uh, virtually to the ends of the world. There you go, the because I know
0: virtually you've already been in other countries, so yeah, that's for sure. Okay. Pastor Jeff wants to come up and say thanks to Matt, and so okay, I'm going to turn it I over.
2: Say one thing real quick? Go ahead. We'll let you say one more thing, just I, one. I know. I promise, just one. Okay. Okay, so I do, from my heart, go to assemblies all across not just Newport Mesa Unified, but like Capistrano, Irvine. My hope is to be in every school, at least in, in MSD, but— as well as OCDE. I do it all at my expense. I never charge one cent for it. I just, my heart, I just want to do these for churches, church schools, public schools, private schools, all around. So, yes, if you have connections, it'd be greatly appreciated.
0: So, and let me just say, if you do want to donate to his ministry, there is ways back there that you can see as well. Um, but I'm going to have the band go ahead and come on up,
1: and while Pastor Jeff just says thank you. Hey, Matthew, how are you doing? Good. Pretty exciting. You guys can take a seat really quick. Uh, pretty exciting to know the missionary that was scheduled for today had a family emergency and had to break left. And part of what me and Bill are blessed with is the opportunity every September to bless you with our missionaries. It's for you to see something that a lot of you didn't even know existed. Kind of felt like when God told us, told me, I know who's going to go in that spot. And it was actually ordained the whole time. We're going to pull the veil on the keyboard and they're going to get a chance to see it. And I was, I was talking with someone about missions month, you know, I'm on officially on vacation, but I came home from vacation because this was Matthew's first chance to speak to his home church about being on mission every day. And with one of the persons I was talking with, Big John, this morning about missions month, September, I know it's hard for everybody to like think about a month where we try to focus on one thing, but the reality is, is what I wanted you to hear from Matthew this morning is you're on missions every day, right? And what's so hard about September, and I think people break left, and I mean, I always take vacation in September too, but, but people want to break left from it like, oh, this is my time to break, because we want to break from the fact that we're called to be missionaries every day. Matthew, what you did and what you showed us today, I wanted people to realize, like, God asks people to do amazing things every day, and there are some people willing to do it, and Matthew's one of them, right? (laughs) And for those of you who know Matthew, his financial support and his support group is his grandfather, who drives that old blue truck, and his mom, and he does this, out of the hard work the ethic this young man has to do work and never complain about where the job is he goes home every night he gets on this electronic board and he waits for the jobs to pop up he works he hunts it down he asks the lord to feed him and he never complains whether he has a lot whether he has a little and so when we found out that vanguard he's already done his bachelor's degree on his own when we found out that vanguard was going to bless him with an opportunity to earn his master's and that he was gonna continue to invest in the children of Orange County, Costa Mesa, Newport and Huntington Beach and spend the extra money to do his degree. I got the elders together. Matter of fact, I'm gonna ask the elders if they're in the building to come on up and we would like to pray a very, very special blessing of commensuration for you, Matthew. But this is what the church decided to do with the elders blessings. We decided to make a substantial investment in you, my friend. And I won't reveal the amount, but I can assure you it's serious because we believe you're serious. And we wanted you to know and we wanted everyone to know. We want everyone watching. The man has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of followers on YouTube. God is taking something that so many of us would use for a crutch. And he set his crutch at the front of the stage and said, Lord, I'm going And we want you to know how serious we are about investing in you as you continue to invest in the kingdom of God. Regardless of whether those children know God, we know that you're going to bring God to them. And that's why I'm so blessed that you're juggling all the different things that God has given you. So that you can literally entertain the world with your suffering, with your pain, with your discomfort. And show them there's a way to live. That's on point every day, Matthew. So thank you for blessing this church and thank you for blessing us. I'm gonna have the guys pray for you right now and we are gonna ask God to bless, encourage and send you off with continued blessings wherever you go and to whoever you speak with. Guys, we can all open pray at the same time, that's fine. Your son, precious Jesus, in the holy name. Amen. Thank you guys for blessing us with Matthew today. We have one more next week. Don and Jill are going to be here from Costa Rica to finish up Missions Month. And then we will return to the book of uh, Acts in, December, in October with a uh, membership class, too. So for those of you waiting to spend some time with us, off record. But put a, give, it, give it up one more time for Matthew. Matthew, thank you, thank you for blessing us. Thanks. You guys are here. Thank you so much. Thanks.
4: You say amen this morning. The
0: God bless you all for being here this morning. Next week, Don and Jill will be here. Just remember that we do have a small group leaders meeting next door, and it has been so great to be with all of you this day. So I thank you all for coming. Matthew's going to go back there and wait. He'll be back there to answer questions. If he starts talking, math. just, you know, ignore him. God bless you all. Have a great week.